Are you, or maybe your teenager, addicted to your phone? There's no shame here. So many of us struggle with this. But instead of giving up, what if we made some tiny tweaks that could add up to make a real difference? Today we're talking about 12 small behavioral changes that can help put a dent in your smartphone use. None of them involve big, grandiose plans for behavior change, but they're all small steps that can make your scrolling habit a little bit less automatic. And when you build new pathways to not automatically scroll, those can grow into meaningful shifts in habits. If you want to have your choice of 12 different empirically backed tools to change your smartphone habits just a little bit, you'll want to listen to today's baggage check. Welcome. I'm Dr. Andrea Bonnier, and this is Baggage Check, mental health talk and advice, with new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Baggage Check is not a show about luggage or travel. Incidentally, it is also not a show about inappropriately placed apostrophes. Okay, let's get to it. I've been doing a lot of press about another Surgeon General's report, so we had the one on loneliness, And then there was the advisory on social media and adolescence. This stuff is stark. We definitely should spend a whole episode on it. The bottom line in scientific terminology is things are bleak. A lot of adolescents in particular are really struggling with mental health. There are a lot of very strong associations with their mental health challenges going up with social media use. Of course, we know that correlation does not equal causation, but we also have some hints at causality because of longitudinal studies. Anyway, as the mom of three teenagers myself, I see how hard it is to go against the grain and try to set some limits in smartphone use in general and social media. So what I wanted to do today is broaden that to all of us to not just be talking about adolescents, but to acknowledge all of the people I work with of all ages that seem to say, yeah, I reach for my phone too much. I'm on my phone all the time. I just wasted a whole evening on my phone. And I've been there too, more times than I'd like to admit. I get it. So what I thought would be helpful was instead of having an episode on why this stuff is important to pay attention to, just go simpler and say, Here's a dozen tools that some people have really had some help with. Maybe a couple of them will work for you. So we're just getting behavioral today. We're not going to be theoretical about the research. If you want to maybe use your phone a half hour less per day, I think these things can help. So without further ado, here are 12 tips to cut down on phone use. Number one, turn off notifications. Now, here's the thing. The notifications are out of control. It seems that a lot of apps opt you into notifications and you would have to actually actively opt out. Of course, this is not a surprise. The apps make more money, get more users when they have more people using them all the time. And the more notifications you get on your phone as little reminders that you should check the app for whatever reason the more you're going to be compulsively using that app. So go through and turn off various notifications. Now, in terms of these tips, I want to be able to help you with specifics. I know it doesn't really help to hear, oh, you're supposed to do this on your phone and then you don't know how to do it. I also know, though, that my tech skills are on par with those of the average St. Bernard. So 
I'll tell you how to do certain things, but also you're going to have a different operating system, etc. But I want to give you the help that I can. On an Apple iPhone, if you go to settings, there should be a category itself for notifications. And you can tweak how things are notified for you, whether or not previews are shown, whether or not a summary of notifications is shown, whether or not notifications are announced. Sometimes you can have Siri read your notifications, which, oh my goodness, that sounds like an absolute nightmare. And then you can most importantly choose app by app what notifies you. We know from the way the brain works that when you're getting an intrusive little nudge, hey, there's something new on Instagram for you, that's going to disrupt your day. That's going to keep this habit and this compulsion to check even more strong. So change the style of your notifications, change which apps are allowed to notify you. Same thing with email, right? For years, I used to get a little ding if I got a work email. Oh, stopping that years ago changed my life. That way you can be more mindful. When I want to check email, I'm going to check email, but I'm not going to be interrupted mentally by knowing that there's a new one waiting for me. Okay, number two, literally zip up your phone. We recently had an episode with memoirist Joanne Green, and when we were on this topic of sort of the passive automatic scrolling, she mentioned that she had a phone sleeping bag. She doesn't use it. She actually is really good about her phone. She doesn't really need it. But these types of things exist. You can even create your own. Is there a pencil case with a zipper or something that might fit your phone? Years ago, I sewed myself something, literally a little fabric case that I would put my phone in as just a visual signal that right now it's away. Can you tuck it away somewhere where there is a zipper or a button or a pocket? It just creates one additional barrier between you and the scrolling, right? So much of our scrolling is automatic. That's going to be a theme that we hit on over and over again today. So what we want to do is break the automaticity of it. If I have to actually unzip something, then I have to be more mindful. Do I really want to use my phone right then? Otherwise, it's just kind of next to me on my desk and the scrolling is just too, too easy. Okay, number three, literally turn it off. I know this sounds so stupid, but the truth is if you want to have a half hour of working or eating dinner or whatever it might be without your phone and you don't want to put it in a different room or zip it up somewhere, you can actually turn it off. This feels so insurmountable for folks because I think the point is we want to have our phone there. We want to know if there's somebody trying to reach us. But when you really think about it, we can be unreachable for 20 minutes, right? We can do that. Obviously, there's different scenarios. If you've got a young child with a babysitter at some point, you're not going to be able to do this. But If your child is asleep napping and you're just saying, hey, I don't want to be scrolling my phone. I actually want to be gardening right now or whatever it is, you can turn off your phone. Number four, adjust the display to be less exciting. So this is thinking about turning your display to grayscale or black and white. There's some good data on this, that your phone is less enticing when it is in black and white. It just beckons you a little bit less. The apps don't look so pretty. It doesn't stimulate your senses as much. 
Now, once again, you may need to do some digging to actually do this on your phone, depending on the operating system. For a lot of iPhones, it's somewhere in settings having to do with accessibility. There's a lot that you can change about the way that your screen displays and the noises and the touch action, too. If you go to settings, it could be under directly accessibility. It could be under general and then accessibility. Play around. You might have to Google for your specific phone's operating system, but anything like grayscale or black and white really can make a difference. And yeah, it's going to make your phone less exciting at first, which could be a drawback. But then again, in the long term, that's kind of what we're after. Number five, use rewards and screen time features. So there's all kinds of screen time apps, independent apps, parental control apps. Hey, Even if you don't have kids, you might look into some parental control apps in terms of being able to cut off time, set quiet time, set focus time. Apple iPhones themselves have the feature of screen time where you can look at your actual amount of screen time and you can make adjustments and you can reward yourself. How many hours did I spend on this app? If I set my phone to be on focus time for this amount of hours and I stick to it and don't override it, I'm going to have a special piece of chocolate, whatever it might be. The tools are there for you to actually observe your usage and for you to change it because we know the way that behavior change works. The actual observation is step one, right? It becomes something that you actually realize, oh, I can't believe I'm on my phone seven hours a day. Actually seeing that is step one to change and then you can gamify it. Let me bring it down to six hours. Let me see if I can reduce it 10%. Let me see if I can cut off this app for a while. Number six, use some sort of lock. Now, there are products out there. I think the original one, the Kitchen Safe on Shark Tank, and no, I have no affiliation with them, got at this idea of a timed lock. Let's put our phone inside this little canister. If we have to break it, we have to break it but we'll have to buy a new canister for it. We can set it whatever time we want. This goes along with zipping it up, except it's a little bit more forceful. You're not gonna be able to get at that phone. These things typically have clear canisters, so you can see through if you were to be getting some emergency calls or whatever, but the physical barrier can be so important. And there's no cheating here, right? At least there's no cheating without you having to buy a whole new canister because you have to break it to get into your phone. And let me tell you, the visual of shattering a safe in order to get in for your smartphone, it's kind of harrowing, right? And it kind of tells us maybe when there has been a significant problem. Number seven, remove your phone from your nightstand or next to your bed. So charge it at night farther away from your bed. If you use it as an alarm clock, Get some cheapo regular alarm clock so you could even charge your phone outside of your bed. We know that for teenagers, sleeping with your phone next to your bed is one of the biggest disruptors to them getting good rest. Goes for adults too. Do you really have to charge your phone next to your bed? We know that you're going to be more prone to just scrolling through at night when you're tired and procrastinating on actually falling asleep. We know that the presence of your phone actually doesn't allow cortisol levels to drop as much during sleep. So put your charger across your bedroom rather than next to your bed, or better yet, put your phone to bed outside of your room. But I know that's probably unrealistic. 
Along those same lines, number eight, buy a regular watch. Not a smart watch, not a watch that notifies you or beeps or wants to take your biometric data and sell it, but just a regular old watch. This cuts down on how much you pull out your phone in order to look at the time. There's no reason why we have to use our phones as a watch. Watches have existed for a really long time. They can be really cheap. Yes, I know those of you who love status don't want a cheap watch, but let me tell you, if you just have a way to tell time that doesn't involve pulling out your phone, you're automatically cutting down on your phone use and you're not going to be lured in where, ooh, I looked at my phone to see that it was 1017 and the next thing I know, I'm going down a rabbit hole in this app. Speaking of apps, number nine, bury your most addictive app. So whatever one you are using the most, and you can tell this from some of your screen time data, instead of it being front and center, make it so that you have to click a few different things to find it and keep changing it up. Put it in a certain screen that is kind of off on a different page. Once again, we're coming back to making it less automatic. When you open your phone and those most used apps come up, that is going to make it easier and easier for you to click automatically. So instead, offload it, bury it. You can set it to offload when you haven't used it for a while, which is an additional good thing. Because the more time you string together not using it, the easier it is to bury it. Along those lines, number 10, remove the apps altogether and make yourself log in. If it's a certain social media app, you can actually remove the app. And then you have to go through the browser in order to log in. You can keep changing your password so that you don't actually know what it is. The apps are meant to be too easy. One click and you're in. Instead, if you have to log in and you haven't even set your password to automatically be known, you actually have to give some thought. Do I really want to go in there Okay, if the answer is yes, you can and you can put forth the effort, but it creates that barrier that if you don't really want to go in, you're just doing it because for this second you're bored or you have nothing else to do, then you've made it a little bit harder to do so. Number 11, when you unlock your phone, create a habit of asking, what am I after here? This doesn't have to be in the big existential sense of, wow, I feel kind of lonely. And so one of the reasons that social media has been so addictive for me is that it gives me a sense of community and belongingness that I don't have to find elsewhere. We don't have to acknowledge to that extent, although, of course, that's helpful to know. But more like, all right, I want to check Instagram. Or, all right, I want to look at my calendar to see what time that appointment is next week. Ask yourself to be mindful in why right? Develop an intention. If sometimes the answer is, I want to zone out and I want to scroll through nothing at all, okay, but let's own that. Let's not constantly fall into that where we're going to feel guilty for doing that because that wasn't our original intention. So develop that ritual. When I unlock, what am I actually intending here? And what goes along with that is, do I expect to be on my phone for the next 40 minutes or should I realistically be wrapping up in just five minutes? That helps build accountability. And finally, speaking of accountability, number 12, add some accountability with friends. Have a competition. Hey, I'm looking to cut down on my screen time by 10% this week. Or, hey, I'm looking to set my phone aside so I can really focus on this dinner out. Would it be okay if none of us had a phone on the table? Or, hey, can you check in with me this afternoon and see if I've stuck to it that when I'm going strawberry picking with my kids... I'm not on my phone, 
so many people want to set this goal that you will have no shortage of people that will want to get on board with you. Do they actually find it easy to meet the goal? No, but that's why the accountability partners are so important. So the bottom line here is that we're not talking all or none by any stretch. We're not saying you have to completely revolutionize your habits. What we want is the opposite of all or none thinking. What we want is to really realize that if you get 10 more minutes of sleep per night or you use your phone 10 minutes less, then you're better off than you were before. You might cultivate activities and connections that weren't possible when you were just drowning in your phone. So try some of these tips. See which ones work for you. See which ones don't work for you. And let me know because we're all in this together. The data shows that smartphones have absolutely permeated our lives. They have many benefits. I'm not trying to say that they're all bad, but I do think for most of us, our use feels a little bit out of our control. And so when we can use some tips to make little tweaks that make them feel more in our control, all the better. Thanks for joining me today. Once again, I'm Dr. Andrea Bonnier, and this has been Baggage Check with new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Join us on Instagram at Baggage Check Podcast. Give us your take and opinions on topics and guests. And you know you've got that friend who listens to like 17 podcasts. We'd love it if you told them where to find us. Our original music is by Jordan Cooper, cover art by Daniel Marity, and my studio security, it's Buster the Dog. Until next time, take good care.